Well, good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. Who's excited about sleeping in tomorrow, huh? Yeah. All the teachers are like, woo-hoo, right? On top of that, it's college football season, right? Oh, you want to get spiritual now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. I mean, the hogs won big, and I better be careful about that or y'all be calling the hogs in here, right? Don't do it. Just hold up just a second. Just hold up a second. Uh, why are we so quick to get excited about stuff like calling the hogs, right? Well, there's a lot of reasons, right? One, they won yesterday, right? They won big yesterday, and in our minds, like, national championship is right around the corner, right? You're feeling it. You're feeling it. Let's take it a little deeper. What's another reason why you are so ready and excited and able to call the hogs? Probably most of you in this room grew up with a mama and a daddy that loved the Razorbacks too, right? And they, at some point in time, when you were really, really little, before you can even remember, taught you how to call the hogs. I saw it the other day. There was a group of kindergartners on video, the whole school. They spelled out the letter hogs, and they were calling the hogs, and they were so excited. Why? Because their mom and dads are passing that down to them. Here's what's happening. We want our kids to be passionate about the things we are passionate about, and that's a good thing. So what do we do when it comes to things like the Razorbacks? We take them to the games. We buy them the gear. We teach them how to call the hogs. We talk about it all the time, right? Because we hope when they grow up that they take on that fandom and it becomes who they are too. God forbid they grow up and become an LSU fan. Amen? Woo, man, I'm preaching now, aren't I? LSU fans in the room, we love you. God's grace is upon you. He is faithful. He died for all sins, okay? And I mean that in every kind of way possible. I'm not saying that in jest. Today, as we begin to think about why we do what we do, the second portion of this, we want to talk about making disciples, a lot of people, when you say, hey, what do you mean when you say making disciples? Some people just don't really have a clue what that means. Here's the deal. If you are a hog fan because your parents passed that on to you, and your kids are hog fans now because you've passed that on to them, you have an idea of what disciple making looks like. It is showing someone something and telling someone something in such a way over and over and over again that they want it to and they get it and they follow in the footsteps that you are leaving for them. Now when I ask you when it comes to this deeper idea, not of being a Razorback fan, but of following Jesus and making disciples, I ask you, and you don't have to answer it, I just want you to think, I want you to process for just a moment. Who in your life discipled you? Who showed you and told you over and over and over again, faithfully and humbly, how to follow Jesus? Now, here's what I have found in asking that question one-on-one -on -one with a lot of people for a lot of years. Most of the time, if someone's a believer, they will tell you who told them about Jesus so that they can come to faith, and that is so, so good. But when it comes to who really showed me how to follow Jesus, here's the reaction that I get most times. A big shrug. I don't know if anyone showed you or is showing you and telling you over and over again how to follow Jesus, but it's so very important. 
And it's why we do what we do. And what we're going to talk about today has to do with this idea of making disciples. I could give you several names in my life that I would say they very pointedly, very specifically, very intentionally brought me alongside them so that they could show me and so they could tell me over and over again how to follow Jesus. One of those names would be a name that I like saying out loud, and the name is Buell. It's my dad's name, B-U-E-L. There's one other person that comes to our church that has a family member that's named Buell. You just don't find them very often. But my dad intentionally over and over again, passionately shared what he was passionate about. And there were many other things he was passionate about that he showed me and told me about, but nothing more than his passion about Jesus, showing me and telling me over and over and over again. Now, to the parents in the room, what a lesson we should just get in this moment of influencing and pointing and discipling our children towards Jesus, not just taking them to church and hoping they get it, but talking about Jesus so much that they just can't help but get it, showing them Jesus so many times they can't help but get it. If there's a prayer of mine as a dad, it's that when my kids grow up, when somebody says, who discipled me, I want to be one of those names that they say. I want to be one of those people in their life that I've constantly shown them and told them about Jesus. My kids constantly hear me say things like, I'm sorry, and I was wrong. Did you know that's part of discipleship, getting real with other people? The idea of discipleship is not me being this perfect follower of Jesus, and you follow me and become like me. No, it's about me faithfully, humbly following Jesus, and this other person hopefully seeing Jesus in me, and hopefully becoming like Jesus. I'm not there yet, and neither are any of the rest of us, right? We can be honest this morning, right? Anybody perfect yet? Anybody? Okay, the room was quiet. That's good. That's good. That's one of those moments that ought to be quiet. No, but God's still growing us and teaching us. And if I know one more thing about Jesus than you know about Jesus, I have something to offer you about Jesus, And many of you in this room, you've been following Jesus for a long time, and praise God for that. Someone showed you, someone told you over and over again, and they were faithful, and you're passing that along to others. And we want that to happen in and through the life of our church. I could talk a lot about discipleship. We have a short amount of time to do that. In fact, honestly, I wasn't supposed to preach today. Luke was supposed to preach today. He got very, very ill yesterday afternoon. I was in Oklahoma, and I got a text about 5 o'clock yesterday. And Luke, very, very disappointed, uh, texted me and, and hated to break the news to me that he couldn't be here today and couldn't preach. So if the sermon is really, really bad today, there you go. If the sermon is really, really good today, Jesus did it, okay, because this is the way it's rolling. But I'm excited to share what we're going to share. And as we talk about discipleship, I want to remind you of a a neat learning opportunity. Uh, Last year in June and July, we did a series called We Will Follow. And we took about, I think, seven weeks and just really broke down a lot of Scripture and unpacked a lot of Scripture of what it means to follow Jesus. And so if you want to jump on the HC app sometime, not right now, but after we're done, and listen to some of those sermons, we, we specifically talked about this. And we want to talk about it today. So last week we shared with you our mission statement. Again, the big idea of why we do what we do. And I want to put it on the screen for you again. We want this to resonate with you. We don't want this just to be the mantra of our church. We want this to be the mission of your life. 
We want this to become who you are. Whether you're following Jesus here at Holland Chapel or God moves you to Holland and you go over there and live, this still ought to be your mission. And here it is, our mission, our purpose, the reason why we live, the reason why we breathe, the reason why we do what we do, the reason why we come to church, the reason why we go to work, the reason why we raise our kids, the reason why we're a neighbor is to help people who are far away from God. Why are people far away from God? You can answer out loud now. Why are people far away from God? Thank you. Same problem they have, we have. The reason why we're close to God today is not because we're good people. It's not because we go to church. It's not because we do good things. It's not because we give. It's not because we're all, it's because of Jesus. They're far away from God, and we want them to find the way to him. And the only way to God is Jesus Christ. And we want to do that so they can turn around and do the same for others. And so it's this, this, this cycle over and over again, reaching people and them reaching people and them reaching people over and over again. There's a shorter way that we say this, and that is this, helping people find and follow Jesus. I'm going to say helping people, and you finish out what's on the screen, all right? Helping people. Come on, join me now, everybody. Helping people. Last week, we really focused in on the finding part, this idea that people are, this truth that people are far away from God and they need the gospel. They need to come to a place of recognizing their sin the same way we recognized our sin and so that they can then place faith in Jesus and experience forgiveness and experience new life and experience eternal life through Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ alone. We talked about a lot of practical things last week that we do as a church to help people find Jesus. We talked about the simple things like just smiling and saying hello. Somebody told me a story this morning. It was so cool. It was so great. One of the ladies in our church walked up to me, and she said, while you were up there talking about welcoming people, she said, I really value that, and I love to do that, and I realized that the person sitting in front of me, I hadn't met them yet. I didn't know how long they'd been coming, and I told myself, before I leave here today, I'm going to make sure and connect with that person. I'm going to smile, say hello, tell them how glad that I am to be here, they, for them to be here with us. Well, as things worked out, um, the lady that's telling the story, she had to leave early before we got done, and she felt so bad because she didn't get to connect. Well, she kind of just said, God, I'd love to have another opportunity. Well, as she was just going throughout her week, she went to a party this week. She's sitting beside a lady, and she's like, this lady looks kind of familiar to me. Wait a minute. I recognize that hairdo. I wanted to ask her where she gets her hair cut. Hey, were you at Holland Chapel Sunday? And the lady said, yes, I was. She said, I was sitting right behind you, and I wanted to say hello to you. They got to meet, and they got to connect. How beautiful is that? That's just a gift that God gave her to take advantage of, just to love somebody towards Jesus. We talked about filling out our communication cards last week. By the way, we had a record number of these turned in last week. It was amazing. Some of you that have been a member for like 22 years filled one out for the first time because you believed that you, too, would get a Chick-fil-A card in the mail. You went for it. and you know, First time filling out the card. And we talked about how we ask everybody to fill one of these out because we want a card to connect with people. If someone comes for the first time, man, we want to connect with them. We want to tell them how much we appreciate them 
coming. And so we just talked about really practical stuff. We talked about how we're growing and how God is blessing our church because you're loving other people and you're inviting other people and they're coming to church with you. I know it's Labor Day weekend, um, so a lot of people are scattered and having fun and doing a lot of great things this weekend. And that is great and that is wonderful, but most weekends we are just packed out in here. And we introduced the idea that what we think as pastors we need to do next is to offer two morning gatherings. And we're going to be in a process of figuring that out and sharing all that and working through all that and the uncomfortableness of that. But at the end of the day, we want what you want. We, God's church, together, we want more people to find him. We want more people to place their faith in him. We want more people to experience him. And today, we really want to focus more on this other part of following Jesus, of following Jesus. It's so very important. Which one matters more, the finding or the following? I'll give you a funny answer to this question. The answer is yes. People need to find Jesus, and people need to follow Jesus. People need to find Jesus so they can follow Jesus, and people need to follow Jesus so people can find Jesus. Do you see how that works? You see, together we have, by God's grace, found Jesus. Someone came along who was following Jesus and said, hey, I want to tell you about a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Our sin became real. The Savior became real. We placed our faith in him, and we found him, and we started following him. And as we follow him, we start doing the same. We start helping people find Jesus, and it just keeps happening. You can't find Jesus unless you see someone following Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, you help other people find Jesus. And so they're both so very, very important. Today, we want to look at Matthew chapter 28. It's the final words of Jesus, his last words that he expressed to his followers and to his church while he was here on earth. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 18. It's one of those go-to passages for us as pastors and as followers of Jesus. This is just Jesus in this moment saying, I'm about to leave. Here's what you need to get. If you miss something, please don't miss this. Jesus is giving these words that are so huge. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. The first word we have in this verse is Jesus. And I don't want to blow by the name of Jesus. Why? Because the name of Jesus is a big deal. Maybe you don't understand who Jesus really is. I don't want to breeze past that name. Maybe you know who Jesus is. I don't want to breeze past that name. Jesus is the name of the one and only Son of God. Jesus is the name that is above every other name. Jesus is the name that every knee will one day, either now or later, bow and confess that he is Lord. The name of Jesus, no other name compares, no other name comes close. It is a powerful, powerful name. Jesus, Son of God, the one sent from heaven, the one, as you read Scripture, you begin to understand the one who created everything, the one who sustains everything, and the one who brings salvation to everyone. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples. So here's this word that we're talking about today, disciples. These were people that had followed Jesus every day for about three years or so, maybe a little bit longer. They walked with him. They talked with him. 
He taught them. He showed them how to live. He showed them how to love. Now, the difference in the way Jesus made disciples, and you and I will make disciples, is Jesus never said, I was wrong. Jesus never said, I'm sorry, I messed up. He was perfect, and he was pure in everything that he did. And he literally could point everyone to himself. And in our disciple-making, we're pointing everyone to him. And these disciples had been with Jesus long enough that people started to say, hey, you're one of those followers of Jesus, man. Like, you kind of, you kind of talk like him. You kind of walk like him. You kind of act like him. They're becoming like Jesus. And here's what Jesus said to his followers. I have been given all authority. How much authority? All authority in heaven and on earth. Here's what this means. Jesus can do whatever he wants to do. And whatever he decides to do is always right. And whatever he decides to do, we should take full note of and do as well because he has all power and all authority. So when it comes to the church, followers of Jesus, we listen most to the words of Jesus because he is our Lord and he is our Savior. He is the guide. He is the shepherd of this church. He shows us where to go. He tells us what to do. And we say, okay, what do you want us to do? Well, he tells us what to do in verse number 19. Therefore, since I have all authority... Therefore, here's what I'm deciding. Therefore, here's what I want you to do. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. If we can put verse 19 back on the screen, I want you to see what we just read again and not miss it. You see this word go, and this is the first thing that Jesus tells us to do. He tells us to go. Well, go where? Let me give you a couple of things that may help you grasp this just a little bit. Where does Jesus want you to go? Where does Jesus want me to go? He wants us to go where we normally go, but do it with purpose. He wants you to get up, I was going to say tomorrow, but most of you tomorrow, this isn't true, right? He wants you to get up on Tuesday morning, and he wants you, everybody's like, praise Jesus, you're so good. Thank you for a day off work. Amen, it's good. It's good to have rest. But when you get up on Tuesday morning, I want you to go where you normally go, and I want you to do it with purpose, and I want you to do it with mission, and I want you to do it with passion, and I want you to do it with intensity. Uh, well, you want me to do my job with intensity? Yes, but I want you to do it with a greater purpose in getting your job done. I want you to go where you go and do what you do so that others will see me, Jesus, in you. Go. Go where you normally go. Hang out with your friends. Interact with your neighbors. Do life with your family. Go where you normally go. And I would add to that an and. And go where God sends you. God might want you to go somewhere that you normally would not go. God might want you to enter into an, a, a, a situation that you normally would not enter into with the intense purpose of going in there to make his name known. So go here, and go there, and go everywhere. Well, where should I go in the meanwhile? Go where you normally go. If God tells you to go somewhere different, go there. But as you go, go with purpose. 
parent with purpose. Go to work with purpose. Be a neighbor with purpose. Be a friend with purpose. That purpose is to make Jesus, this name that is above every other name, to be made known. We have Jesus, believers. We have Jesus. Think what you have in Jesus. Your sins, all of them, All of them have been forgiven through the name of Jesus. Everything that you have done wrong, we like to think about all that stuff, don't we? No, in fact, right now we're like, oh, but we can rejoice right now knowing that in Jesus we have been cleansed, we have been forgiven, we have been wiped clean of that. We are not far from God anymore. In fact, we are sons and daughters of his now because of what he has done for us. When he lived here on this earth, just prior to saying these words, Jesus had got, excuse me, gone through some things that we cannot even fathom or imagine, but yet we get to read about. As he lived his perfect life, they eventually accused him of things that he had never done, and they put him on a cross And they put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet. Suffering is a word that we try to use to try to describe what Jesus experienced on the cross. And as he suffered there and he bled there, he did that for all of my sin. He did that for all of your sin. He did it for all of your grandmama's sin. He did it for your neighbor's sin. He did it for your friend's sin. He did it for your co-worker's sin. He did it for the people who lived before us. He did it for the people who lived around us. He did it for the people who are going to live after us. He died for the sins of all mankind. We know this, don't we, believers? And yet, he died, but he didn't stay dead. Can somebody just get a little bit excited? I know it's not Easter, but like, you know, he's alive. Like, Jesus came back from the dead. So we're not like, hey, come to a cool church with me. That's not our story. That's not our line. That's not our deal. Our deal is let me tell you about a guy who died for all of my sins and came back from the dead, and he did the same for you. Okay? Go with that purpose. Go with that purpose. And here it says to baptize them. We got to have a baptism service a few weeks ago, and we got to see this beautiful outshowing of people's faith and them taking their first public step of obedience in following Jesus. And they said, you know what? I'm going to do what Jesus did. We see Jesus get baptized in Scripture, and we are supposed to follow him in baptism. We are showing forth his death and his burial and his resurrection. We are showing forth how that we have died to our sin and how we've been buried and how we've been brought back to life in Christ and how we are new now and how we belong to the Father and how we belong to the Son and how we belong to the Spirit. This is part of becoming and being a disciple of Jesus. In verse 20, we see this word teach. This word teach in verse number 20. This is word to teach. These new disciples, these new followers, all the commands that I've given you. Well, if you read the Gospels in particular, you're going to see that Jesus teaches us how to do a lot of things. But I think it's worth noting that when he said, I want you to teach them to do all the things that I've commanded you, he just very specifically and clearly, last words he ever gave us, told us and taught us how to do what? Two things. To go with purpose 
and to baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you really want to grow in your faith and you really want to start to become more like Jesus, don't just simply fill your head up with knowledge of the Bible, which is great and good and worthy of doing. But if you really want to grow and flourish, Take the knowledge you have about Jesus and share it with somebody else and you start doing what Jesus told you to do in going forth with purpose to make disciples and seeing them be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Are there a lot of things we can teach that Jesus taught? Absolutely. Should we teach them? Absolutely. But nothing is more paramount than teaching about the gospel and going forth in his name and showing people how to believe in him so they can follow him. So again, if you really want to grow in your faith, share Jesus. So you're like, man, this is like two uncomfortable weeks in a row. Like last week, you're talking about how we're growing and how we're going to have to do something different. And you're like, ugh. And now we took it to another level because we're like, if you believe in Jesus, you ought to tell somebody about Jesus. Oh, this is so uncomfortable. Yes. I want you to be uncomfortable. I want to see you stretch. I want to see you grow. I want to see you become everything God wants you to be. Because in your becoming everything God wants you to be, this church begins to become everything that he wants it to be. And what he wants is for us to be a church full of people that believe in him, go forth with purpose in the gospel, seeing people believe in him, showing them how to be baptized and doing that, and then showing them how to do the same over and over again, helping people find and follow Jesus. Well, how is this going to happen? Okay, let me give you a scripture, and then I want to give you some other practical stuff. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19. Here's what it says. Jesus called out to them, and by the way, the them that he's calling out to are the very disciples that he's referring to here in Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, we're kind of seeing the end of his time with them. In Matthew chapter 4, we're seeing the very beginning of his time with his disciples, with his followers. He called out to them, these guys that were fishermen and tax collectors and all kinds of just normal people. He called out to them and he said, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Jesus made them a promise and he makes you and I a promise that if we believe in him and we are willing to get with him daily, he's going to do something in us and through us that we cannot do ourselves. He is going to show us how to become disciples who make disciples. This idea of fish for people is the idea of helping people find Jesus, proclaiming the gospel, putting the gospel out there, putting a lot of hooks out there, putting a lot of gospel out there, putting a lot of nets out there so that when people believe, they come to Jesus and they are changed. He said, I'm going to do that. So I'm not going to change you. Nobody in this room is going to change you. No process or plan or teaching that we have is necessarily going to change you. Jesus is going to change you. Jesus is going to change you. He's going to work in your life and do something in you that's just absolutely incredible. And so what we want to do is we want to do a better job of coming alongside you and telling you, and showing you, and telling you, and showing you. I'm going to say this a few times. And telling you, and showing you. I don't know about you, I don't get it the first time sometimes. It's over, and it's over, and it's over, 
again, I think I just figured my kids out while I'm standing before you. Um, I've been wondering why they don't get it the first time. Hmm. Kids kind of have an excuse, though, right? They're kids. We're grown people, right? Why haven't we gotten it yet? Maybe we just need to be shown again. Maybe we need to be told again. Maybe we need to be shown again. And maybe we need to be told again. And maybe, just maybe, we're at that place where we need to say, you know what? <laughs> I've heard it. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've seen it. It's time for me to enter in the flow of what God wants for my life. And so we want to show you, and we want to tell you, and we want to show you, and we want to tell you. You've been hearing us talk about this idea of a disciple's path. It's a, it's a path that we are trying to create. It's not the only way to figure out how to follow Jesus, but it's a path that we are creating to help you, God's people, learn better how to follow Jesus. You're like, well, I'm already a follower of Jesus. Well, you can hop in this path and follow him even more. There are many of you in this church that you love Jesus, you're following Jesus, you are showing people, and you are telling people, and you are making disciples. And praise God for you. We want you to continue that, and we want to come alongside what's already happening within our church, and we want to increase that and make that greater. So as we talk about this disciples' path, we're going to explain it just a little bit practically. Um, this is not a Bible study, again, just to put more knowledge in your head. Is there going to be knowledge? Yes. Is it going to go in your head? Yes. But our hope and our prayer is that it will affect our hearts and our lives. And we won't just store up knowledge to make us know more about Jesus, but that we will store up faith and produce faith that causes us to live more like Jesus and in turn help others find and follow him. It's going to be a 10-week journey. We're going to offer it from now on, and it's going to begin this fall. I'm going to give you the details of that in just a moment and how that looks. But ultimately, hopefully, it's going to show us how to follow Jesus and so that we can turn around and teach others how to follow Jesus. It's a journey toward following Jesus. We're going to offer four gatherings this fall, okay, four different opportunities Here's what we know. If everybody said, I want in, we probably can't fit you in. We'll figure that problem out. If that problem comes, we want to give you four opportunities. You're going to see them on the screen. They're also on the back side of your communication card. And today is the day you can start signing up, okay? We're going to offer this Disciples Path, a 10-week journey, beginning Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on September the 25th. Okay, so Tuesday evenings, you'll be able to come here. You'll have someone guiding you. It'll be a small gathering, about 12 people, in which you are going to intensely get into the Word of God and go through a journey together for 10 weeks to help you learn how to follow Jesus. We're going to offer it as well on Wednesday night. We're going to offer two opportunities at the same time on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. starting September the 26th. And then we're also going to offer a Thursday morning, 10 a.m. We put 60-plus on here. We promise not to card you at the door. But the idea is here we wanted to open this opportunity for um, folks that are on up in age, and they maybe got free time on Thursdays, and we want them to be a part of this as well. And so we thought Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. is hopefully going to work beginning September the 27th. I know there's a couple holidays that come along down through there, Thanksgiving and whatnot. We'll work around that. But ultimately, when it's all said and done, it'll be 10 weeks together. 10 weeks, it's going to point you to Jesus over and over again. You're going to have other people show you Jesus over and over again. And when it's said and done, we want you to turn around and just share it with somebody else. Maybe for you that looks like, hey, I went through this and I want you to go through it too. Go through the disciples' path. Or 
Maybe you're like, you know what? I went through this, and I want to take what I've been given, and I want to share it one-on-one with someone else. Disciples Path, beginning on those dates and those times, we'd love for you to sign up. Again, it's on the backside. Sign-ups are going to be open for a few weeks, and we want you to be a part of this journey. A couple questions for you to think about. First question is this. Will I choose to follow Jesus? I want you to consider that question right now. Will I choose to follow Jesus? And that's not a question to guilt you into signing up for the disciples' path, okay? That has nothing to do with the question. The question is, will I choose to follow Jesus? Most of you in this room, not everyone, but most of you in this room, you have placed your faith in Jesus. You're a believer. Your sins have been forgiven, and Jesus is yours, and you are his. Heaven is your home, and you are thankful and grateful for that. But we do not want to stop there. We want this church to become everything God wants this church to be, and he wants this church to be a church of disciples of Jesus. So the question is, will I choose to follow Jesus? And here's what that means. Jesus, what do you want me to do? And I'll just go ahead and tell you, you start honestly asking Jesus that question, he's going to tell you, and he's going to tell you a lot of things that you're going to be very, very uncomfortable with. In fact, when it comes to discipleship, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Remember that cross we talked about earlier that Jesus died on? That sounds really fun, right? This is about dying to myself and you dying to yourself so that the name of Jesus can be lifted up above ours and so that other people can experience him too. We're talking about an intense, yes, be my Lord. I want you to lead my life. I want you to lead my family. I want you to lead my marriage. I want you to decide what I do in the workplace. God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Will I choose to follow Jesus? I hope your answer is yes. And maybe today you're hearing this question and you're not even a believer yet. You've never placed your faith in Jesus and you're hearing all this and it's kind of overwhelming. But at the same time, like you, you feel like God is working on your heart right now. Your sin is becoming real to you and you're understanding that Jesus died for your sin. And you want to receive him and be changed forever today. That can happen today. Jesus can save you and change you today. And you can become a follower of Jesus. We don't want our church to be merely believers. We want our church to be followers because that's what Jesus called us to be, to be disciples. One more question for you to consider. And that is this. Will I help someone else follow Jesus? If you're already a follower of Jesus, will you be willing to help someone else follow Jesus? Well, I don't have it all figured out. Ne- neither do I. And if somebody else has got it all figured out, I will sit down and you can come take my spot in a hurry because, like, that's great. But I think I know the mature people in this room that follow Jesus well enough to know to say, they would say, they don't have it all figured out either, but they've watched God chip away things from their life that shouldn't be there, that aren't pleasing to him, that are painful, that are hurtful, but ultimately for his glory, they've been willing to let him shape them, and they're willing to share what God's been doing in their life. Will I help someone else follow Jesus? 
This is kind of a part of saying yes to following Jesus. It's being responsible with what he gives you. God, am I just going to come and get from you what I need so my life can be better, so my marriage can be better, so my family can be better, so my workplace can be better, so I can be better? Or, God, I'm so willing to take what you're giving me and then share it with somebody else. A disciple receives and a disciple gives. A disciple receives and a disciple gives. We're not supposed to be silos just sucking up all the knowledge we've got of God and telling people how smart we are. We share that with other people so they can experience his presence and his power too. Will I help someone else follow Jesus? And I want to pause and say to the many of you in this room that are following Jesus and you are helping others follow Jesus, praise God for you. Continue to do that. If we can help you with resources, if we can encourage you, if we can pray for you in any kind of way as you do that, we want to do that. And for those of you in this room that are considering this question maybe for the first time really, Will I follow Jesus? We pray your answer will be yes. One path to do that is through the disciples' path, but ultimately it's about becoming like Jesus, and we want to help you do just that. In just a moment, uh, we're going to pray and wrap up this portion of our time. Band's going to come up and get ready to play, um, and we're going to give you a time to respond. And in this time of response, uh, we want you to respond several ways. You choose how God is leading you to respond. Maybe for you this morning, your response needs to be, wow, Jesus died for me and came back from the dead. And I need to experience forgiveness. I need to experience this salvation that's being spoken of. Myself and other pastors will be up here. We'd love to point you right to Jesus. Maybe for you, it's bigger than putting a little dot on the back of a communication card this morning when we ask this question, will I choose to follow Jesus? Maybe for you this morning, you just need to get real with God on a soul level and say, I believed in you, but I need to take this to another level, and I need to follow you with all of my heart and with all of my life. There's going to be opportunity to respond in worship this morning. There's going to be opportunity as well uh, during this song to respond through giving. And so if you want to give this morning, be generous. There are several ways that you can give with our church. You can give this morning in the offering bucket. You can give online, and you can text to give. Great opportunities in which you can give this morning. And thank you for your generosity. The generosity of you, this church, helps all of us carry forth this great gospel of Jesus Christ to people that are lost, people that are dying, people that need hope, and people that need help. If it's your first time here this morning, drop that communication card in, and it'd be a great gift, and we'd appreciate it. Let's bow, and let's pray.